If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump, for the first 40 minutes, uh, Justin, Adam, and myself have some fun. We do our introductory conversation. Here's what we talked about before yeah. we got into the fitness. First off, I talk about Organifi Pure. That is their nootropic product that has my brain on fire right now. You can probably hear it in my voice. It's pure fire. Organifi makes uh, organic supplements like protein powders, green powders, red juices, gold juices. Good stuff. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about Adam's hair loss again. That was good times. <laughs> oh, wow. We I talked was, about Amazon yeah. brand loyalty and why quality always wins. We've had this debate about whether or not Amazon's going to take over because they're going to create all these products and shut all these brands down. Adam brought up this article that uh, kind of uh, goes against that and is actually quite compelling. And then we talked about quality. And of course, that reminded us of Viore uh, athletic wear mm. clothing for men and for women. It's a company we work with, the highest quality workout leisure wear that we've ever seen. Looks really good. And of course, we're sponsored by them. If you go to Viore Clothing, Viore spelled V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com forward slash mind pump, we will get you a full 25% off your first order. Then we talked about Netflix versus Disney. The war is starting. Who's going to win? Here comes the Titans. We talked about Google's new video gaming streaming system. And they're also going to go to 8K. I don't know the hell that means, 8K. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. Yeah, holograms. We talked about my interview I did this morning, and we talked about digital wellness and digital fasting. Ladies and gentlemen, the future of your health depends on whether or not you develop practices around your use of technology. You heard it here first. We are prophesizing this. Then we talked about how Mind Pump is switching to a brand new platform, new website. It's going to look awesome. Uh, we apologize ahead of time if there's some disruptions, but we think it's going to be all smooth. And then we talked about our new uh, up-and-coming event, Mind Pump and Mimosas. This is in San Jose on 420, so you know it's going to be fun. Yeah, We're going to be answering questions. It's live. Get to meet us live. Have a good time. You get Drink to give, and hang out with us? Come on. You get to give Justin a hug in real life. And let me tell you, wow. it's awesome. I am He's nice. a great I'm hugger. A, I'm a good hugger. He is the best hugger. Uh, this is how you sign up for Sometimes it. Sometimes too long. Go to mindpumplive.com. Go there, sign up. Limited space. Then we get into the fitness part of this episode. The first question was, we talk about the dangers of overtraining all the time. What if I'm sedentary? I don't do a lot. Does that mean I can work out even harder and more because I'm normally lazy? And find out the question, the answer to that question in that episode, in this part of this episode. That was confusing. What? Next question. <laughs> in the beginning of our careers, we handled clients that were deconditioned or with mobility issues in particular ways, and that evolved as we got better. How do you handle people with mobility issues? How do you convince them to work on the mobility because all they want to do is lose 30 pounds? Next question. Uh, what is something that we preach but we don't practice. Are we Ooh. hypocrites on anything? You bet your ass. <laughs> Always <laughs> trying to get the dirt. And the final question, uh, are we going to encourage our children to go to college or are we going to talk to them about doing different things? Great debate and discussion that part of this episode. Also, remind everybody, MAPS Aesthetic, our bodybuilding physique competitor and bikini competitor-inspired program. The program that teaches you how to sculpt and shape your body the way you see fit, 
is 50% off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsblack.com and use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0, for that discount. Also, if you want to learn about our other MAPS programs, or if you're super serious, if you're somebody that's like, look, I just want to get fit, and I want to do it the right way. I don't want to mess around, Sal. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 10 in terms of seriousness. Here's what you do. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Sign up for our super bundle that, that takes many of our programs and strings them together for a full year of exercise programming. All the guesswork is gone. Mm. You do it for a full year. It's for the serious Stanley. Watch what happens to your body. Again, that's at mapsfitnessproducts.com. And Sally. Organifi Pure gets me on fire every time. Yeah. Every time. Well, we need to get more water bottles because we missed today here. I didn't, I got it in mine. This is the first day. Oh, you did? You I, put it, I, I mixed it in there. You're a dog, dude. Well, oh, you you're know, hiding it from I us. I do my thing, you know? Yeah. I, 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 they has to be one of their best sellers. It did, has to be. It's one did, of the best products I've tried. Did I tell you? I, I actually just- totally. Uh, Sean, I know she would get. I don't know if she'd get mad at me for talking about this. I we had to like renegotiate our Organifi contract because our code leaked out to one of those um, uh, coupon you, code sites. Yes, coupon code sites. So, and next month, I believe we we're announcing the the new code that we had to redo everything like that. Which you know, so they're still making us change the code. Yeah, yeah, we have to change the code. It's going to be Mind Pump Twenty, is what it's going to be. Something like that. Yeah, it's not there live. So if you're listening to the episode right now, it's still, Mind Pump Code, and it'll still exist. You'll still be able to use either one. Um, but we had to renegotiate the contract because they wanted to split that and separate it. And I was like, well. That's going to screw us because there's going to be half of our audience that's been u- trained to use Mind Pump. They always use Mind Pump. Plus, episodes are evergreen. They just yeah. live on the internet. Yeah, that was quite the ha- hassle to go That's going to be the new challenge for these companies is how are they going to try – because it's going to be like old school commercials because – yeah. What, okay, fine. We'll change our code. Guess what's going to happen? That new code's going to be used on another. <laughs> going to throw that up on another coupon website. site or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's win all the way around for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's just exactly oh, it's exposure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Where you're going so for, for them, anyway. them, it's a win all the yeah. way around. But it was it, has, it was the first I think uh, first time that's happened to us that we had to kind of figure out uh, our way around how to navigate around mm-hmm. that. So that was that was an interesting. Congratulations project. to her, by the way. She just had her baby girl. Oh, it did. She did just have it. Huh? Did you see the pictures? I, right. A lot of hair, huh? Adorable. Right. So great. You just love kids. What a miracle. <sighs> Uh-huh. I do. They're wonderful. I can't wait for yours to come. I know, I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, it's neat to hear my. We were just talking. I'm going to teach your kid all kinds of shit. You just wait. <laughs> He's going to come out all kinds of hair just to spite you. I'm like, yeah. kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, fuck off, Justin. I used to have. I used to have just oh, just locks, beautiful. Yeah. I remember bro. beautiful, yeah, yeah, gorgeous, like, almost full afro, kind of. curly. Yeah, yeah no, was, luxurious hair, yeah, luxurious hair, wavy. Yeah. I said I, that I would say. Ago, yeah. right? Hold on a second. Wait, at what? When did it start to thin? Um, I not think, when it went, not when it got like where it's at now. But no, when did no, you no, notice it start to get? about twenty six? Is when I really oh, started early. Yeah, so there's it's the the funny part is that it's uh, Justin, Jared, and myself. My there's three of us really tight, and Chris actually. There's four. There was four of us all through high school that were like best of friends, and I remember the summer where the guys had said something to me. Uh, so we used to. I, I think I've told you guys this before that when we'd wakeboard, we used to make these videos. Like we'd film ourselves wakeboarding, and mm-hmm. then we we'd edit them and make put music behind them. VHS. Make, yeah, yeah, totally. It was VHS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the I was the last one. So Chris went first. He started to go in high school. Jared went his freshman year of college. Justin was around twenty four, twenty five. 
And then me, I was about 26, 27, when it just started to happen. And the only way you could tell was when we used to go boating. And your hair would get wet? Yeah, my hair uh, would get wet, and it would separate from the crown a little bit. And that was like the big joke amongst all of us, is we used to fuck with each other and take video clips of it. Yeah. And, Hold and, on a second. They were started before you? Oh, yeah. Did you guys all grow up in the same area? Yeah. Because that's kind of early. I wonder if you guys were exposed uh, to some toxin or some shit. Maybe some pollution. Did they have a lot of yeah. like uh, body hair for? Because my friend, like a couple of my friends that went bald like real early, like they were the first to get like you know the chest hair and all. And the, the, I just remember like them having like the facial hair and everything before everybody in like sixth grade. And I was like, oh shit! It's all about DHT receptors and in, in the density of them in your scalp. And if you have a lot of DHT receptors there, and you're high, maybe yeah. your DHT levels are high. High testosterone, I'm sure. I was the to first it. to to get gray. To go gray. Well, yeah, I'm pretty. Out of all I, my friends, I'm pretty certain that it was messing with Masteron for me because up until that point, uh, which is a it's a is a steroid derived from DHT. Right. I'm. I'm almost also sounds like a cool heavy metal band. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm almost certain that that was the main cause because up until that point, I never really noticed it, and I had already messed with uh, steroids before that in my even younger twenties. And I didn't get introduced, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with Mastron. I used Mastron, and it, since then, uh, that's when I started to notice. You were it. predisposed, but then you turned it on turbo. Totally. Mastron. That's what I think. Yeah. I think I think that I was I, I w- there was a good chance that I was going to thin at one point, and I think doing that in my early twenties mm-hmm. just to kick that up. So and they say that the the pattern of which you lose your hair will determine if you can stop it or slow it down or or hmm. how much of a um, potential you have for slowing it down. If you tend to lose hair in the front mm-hmm. and top, that's harder to stop. If you lose it just in the back, they say that that's easier to, to slow down. If stop. it's like, it just goes peak, like it's like a V. Dude, my brother, dude, my brother is that's like- That's Brett too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brett's mm-hmm. that way. No, my brother- alleyways. My brother started, man. It started going. <laughs> lanes, and, yeah. And we tease him all the time about it. And he was making fun. You got white hair, Sal. And I'm like, well, my white hair- Stays in my head. Yeah, yours no. just commits. I would way, I would art, uh, way yeah. rather have grays than I would want losing. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. But I, I have the back, and I tell you what. Ever since uh, one, uh, not not taking any steroids or testosterone for sure, never taking Mastron ever again. Uh, I've kind of managed it where it's at. It, it hasn't gotten worse, but it hasn't gotten really that much better. I've mentioned before using the tools like Juve. And- You're using the Saul Palmetto shampoo now. I am. We'll see if that does anything. It takes like a, a while of using it to know. Yeah, I'm only, and I'm very consistent with it. So since cool. you gave it to me, I've, I've been using it every single day, and I'm about halfway through the bottle. So we'll see. I think it's. I think you gave it to me about a month ago. Yeah, and you it has it- to be a myth. The whole like your mother's side determines it. It is because yeah, dude. Because everybody told me that, and like I mean, my my grandpa was like like super thin, like barely any hair, mm-hmm. and then also like I mean, my mom's kind of going really thin too, and my dad. Super thick, you know, bushy mm. hair, crazy. I was uh, sitting with my daughter. We were watching TV, and I was kind of falling asleep a little bit. And that little shit, man, she starts pulling on my ear hair. She's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, why do you have hair there? Yeah. Oh wow. like, yeah. She's like, I think she was explain. She was expecting some kind of like, because I always explain things like, well, in human you know, evolution or whatever. I had no explanation. Like, oh, I have no idea why God. that exists. Nose hair, have- ear hair. Dude, so I was watching um, uh, uh, the Mr. Rogers. Finally, I watched that documentary. Oh, amazing, amazing. Docu- oh, dude. Did I, it get too it emotional? my feels, dude. Uh-huh. 
Definitely, and I and I needed that after watching Waco and, and Michael, then Jackson. Michael Jackson. I was like, I felt like everybody in the world is evil and ho- horrible. You know, <laughs> everybody's horrible, right? Now there was one beacon of light, you know, out there. But uh, what I was noticing was as he was aging, his the bushy eyebrows were out of control, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, I think that's happening to me." And Courtney was calling me out on it, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I gotta take care of this. This is getting out of hand." Do you trim your eyebrows? Yeah, dude, I do. Otherwise, it would look like that. Like it would squirrels. look like the bushy. You got squirrels fucking, on your head. <laughs> yeah, like, I got like hedges. Yeah, I'm just, like I need to take care of that it's, shit. You know what? You gotta be careful, man. You fuck up a little bit, you're fucked. I know. Like you fuck up on one eyebrow. <laughs> You got to make it look like it was on purpose, like have like some lightning bolt thing in there or something. Like, oh. You look like those, uh, you look like a futuristic, every time you watch a futuristic movie, you ever notice you got weird eyebrows? Pay attention. Uh, it's yeah. always some weird shit. Like what the fuck? Well, the weirdest thing is when, yeah, they shave it off and then you're like, you, you can't like identify right away what's wrong. You know, and you, you stare at them you're like, wait, they don't have eyebrows. They look surprised. Whoa. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a friend who passed out at a party. Here's a here's a little tip for you. Never pass out around your friends. Yeah, they will mess with. They will do terrible things to you. But this is what he did. He passed out, and so of course they shaved his eyebrows. So he woke up. He wow. didn't even notice it for like a day or two. No. Yeah. No. He didn't notice it. You nobody can't. told him. Yeah. Nobody said That's nothing. Horrible, dude. And yeah, and he was like, it took him much later. He's like, what the fuck? So what do you do then? Do you like take a sharpie and like you know pretend he's for a, a while? Guy. He just yeah, let him grow in. Go. Yeah. <laughs> he just let it happen. So I got to bring up something that we've talked about quite a few times uh, on the show. So we we were. We're, we're big on sharing things that we've been wrong, right? So I, I pride ourselves in, uh, or pride myself in being somebody. First of all, speak for yourself. Yeah. Been, <laughs> <laughs> might be just you that was wrong. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. No, well, this is something I talked about, and you, then you've actually doubled down on it since I've talked about that. And, Damn it. And one of the wow. things that we've said is that, you know, the whole idea of brands are dead. And this is kind of a cool thing to share with the audience because this is like an internal argument that we have. So we have Taylor on the other side who is Mr. Brand Guy. Like he is all about, you know, building the brand and creating a brand for Mind Pump. And, you know, one of the frustrations that I even have sometimes is like getting him out of that that mentality sometimes with where things are going. And so we've been talking for some time now on the show about companies like Amazon, that they are they are destroying the old model of the importance of building this reputable brand because it won't matter in the mm-hmm. future because everybody will search the five star thing. Well this article comes out, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, and we'll have uh, Jackie link in the show notes, but it's just uh, talks about how what they, they've done some research on all these brands like batteries and clothing and shit that Amazon is producing. You know, because they own the platform, they hack it and automatically put it towards the top, mm-hmm. and it's getting, it's getting a ton of sales and traction, but people are uh, reviewing it not so great. Um, And these household brands and names that we're so used to, uh, people are still staying loyal to because, and it makes sense because, and let's use clothing, for example, because they even try to get in hack into that space. And, you know, we work with a brand like Viore, who you can just tell by the the quality of stuff that they they, they create. Oh, I mean, hands down, it's it's the best. Yeah, hands down. No, it's amazing. Like it's it fits comfortable. It looks great. You can tell the material is amazing. There's, you wash it a bunch of times. It looks brand new they'll, they'll, every time. Yeah. yeah. So you you see brands like this that, and then you go like, man, how are they going to survive with Amazon? Who eventually, if they wanted to, one day all of a sudden get into that. 
But if you've done a good job, like I feel like a Viore has done as far as creating a solid brand, and you've got a community of enough people, once you try it and you wear it, like like even us, like let's say we weren't sponsored by Viore anymore. There's no doubt in my mind I would still be buying it. Yeah, I would yeah. still 100%. because I've now I've wore it. I loved it. It's great. It was a massive difference. I mean, uh, and that was the thing too with the whole merch side of things. You can find uh, materials out there, and and you could just put a logo on it. It's not even going to compare to somebody who actually like can tailor the fit to people's bodies so they they understand what it takes for you know certain friction certain ways that it should stretch you know certain areas and somebody who has who is up on culture yeah, that ja- too jack obviously of all the trades. fashion of it yeah. yeah what is a jack of all trades but what part will be wrong on i don't think we said that that amazon would that all these i think that yeah. the, the argument was that in the past for a new brand or an unknown brand to penetrate the market was very hard but now people look at reviews and even amazon's products will get shitty reviews well, unless they lie yeah right? well and they and they somewhat do right it's they have control of what they want to sure. release on that sure. platform i think it's so. very similar to costco i mean it's like i don't know like it maybe their quality isn't as good yet but it's like if it's a little bit cheap there's always going to be people that will prefer something that's a little cheaper that's a great example justin because it's not like costco has put Lenardi's out of business. No, it's no. not like I mean I I they didn't put out the my I forget the name of my store that I go to and I see how funny is that I don't even remember the name of the market that I go to but I I'm so sold on the experience of going there mm-hmm. because of how I they make me feel when I walk in everything from the butcher to the person who greets me when I walk in to the person at the checkout I can't I don't even remember the name of the company yeah. no Costco's but, not a great experience no it's not <laughs> no. no it's no. A, it's a nightmare right it's a nightmare going in there but you go there cuz it's and so you there's bulk up on shit that's like the essentials but like yeah you still want like mm-hmm. even like produce like it's it's great sometimes but like you're like no dude I want like I want something from the CSA or I want something that local or I want, yeah. you know, quality that's like perishable. You well, know, like. well what, what, one thing that Costco did well was they did their Kirkland brand, but here's what they were smart about. They didn't, they're not making the, and producing and manufacturing those products. They're buying them from people who already, so like their vodka is, you know, I forgot who their vodka was. If it was, I think it's Sky or, or, or someone really good. They're buying it from them in bulk and then selling it through, through right. Kirkland. I don't think Amazon itself is going to kill brands. I think they're going to have the power to do kind of what Costco does, buy from these brands, produce it themselves if the brands allow them to. But really what they've done is they flipped the, – the big part of the model that they flipped on their head was when I went to the store and I bought a supplement, for example, or a product, I went with familiar, familiarity. Like mm-hmm. I've used this before. I know it's good. I don't know. This new product looks interesting. It's got a nice label. Maybe I'll try it, but most likely I won't. Yeah. But if I go on Amazon, I have reviews that I can read. Like I just bought a Dustbuster. You know what a Dustbuster is? A little vacuum. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and we were on there, and Jessica heard uh, that the Dyson one was great. And Dyson's a great brand. It's got a lot of familiarity. I've used their products Dyson's before. Dyson's hilarious. They yeah. over-engineer like everything. It's crazy. So good, good. Like everybody's like, oh, they're the best, right? It's like a, it was like a fucking two hundred and fifty dollar. Yeah. Dustbuster, and I'm like, look at this one on Amazon for sixty bucks. She's like, there's no way it's going to be good. I'm like, well, okay, it's got 150 reviews. Let's read the reviews, and the reviews were all very positive. So I'm like, let's give it a shot and see if we like it. And we got it, 
And I'm very satisfied. But if I didn't have that review process, no way I would have. I would have no way I would have gone. Yeah, with sure. So it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna tap into the people like you that are cheap and probably didn't own it <laughs> and didn't own a Dustbuster from Dyson before. But anybody who owned the Dustbuster from uh, Dyson uh, now maybe has something to compare to, and they might tell you they may say otherwise. Uh, but there's enough people like you who said, "Hey, it got the job done, and I paid only sixty dollars, and that's good." And so what you're talking about is brand also, loyalty, and exactly, and that and that's what they're saying here is in this article it talks about that how important that this this brand loyalty is and people are becoming more savvy to that Amazon does own this does have control of all this and so they're not being as swayed as what they initially were by the reviews like what we said is people are going like okay uh, like no shit it's number 3 it's fucking Amazon's brand sure. no shit it's got 5000 five star plus reviews it's Amazon's brand Amazon that's just- not enough to sell me any as as it was before on hmm. doing it especially if it's something that I, I I already have been married to that brand like Dyson but you bring up a good example maybe I've never owned a dustbuster before and I'm thinking about buying one, and that review is enough to get me to try the $60 yeah. one, and I never know, I never experienced driving a Dyson. It's interesting, too, to see what's happened to Yelp, right? Like, they they were along those lines of, like, reviews, like, that was the standard, you know, that was, like, everybody would go to Yelp right. to, like, find out about, like, certain restaurants and certain businesses, and it was, like, complete shenanigans, mm. like, like people buying off uh, bad reviews so that it would just, like, bury the, the reviews. I mean, there's all kinds of shit going on with yeah. that. And it well, just got this this general mistrust. I'm not saying Amazon has that yet, oh, but those who games knows are, if it will. Those games are being played on Amazon right now. We talked to Mike Matthews about that a while ago. Right. Uh, here's the future, okay, of reviews, 100%. The, the future of reviews is when Facebook is able to connect with these companies, and instead of seeing 100 reviews, you're going to see five reviews from people I know. Yeah. That's when the fucking shit Yeah, gonna, if it's people like yeah, re- like related to you or your friend or yeah, that's That's, that's when over. it's going to change when you're looking up a product and it's going to pull up the products that friends that you know and well, family you know have tried it. If if Facebook ever collabs and actually does that, which I don't know if I see that happening. Right now that's giving away some of Facebook's power cuz right now Facebook owns that power yeah. of the connection to the friends and the ability to do that. And right now that's exactly what this article is, is arguing is that the power of brand loyalty and and with people like that is higher. You like let's say what if you were about to shop there and I told you, "Oh, don't waste your money on that cheap shit. Trust me. Do the fucking Dyson one. It's worth the of extra." Of course, I would go. I would trust you. You would trust me. Yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even so it would that still supersedes the the five star rating. Well, so what I mean is so so take huh. it a step further. I think A, that's going to happen at some point. It's too valuable. It's too valuable of a tool for people to see people that they know review something because I want to see what Justin said about this creatine. Or yeah, but what, what, Adam said what if Facebook does that alone and doesn't co- collaborate they with might, them? They might, but I think that that's, that's going to happen. The other thing that I think is going to happen hmm. is they're also going to start showing you reviews from people who are like you. Yeah. So rather than reading reviews from a bunch of different people, it's going to be like... We should just start a review service. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As if we don't have that's enough a great on our head. It's a great, great <laughs> idea. You know what I'm yeah, let's just do that. We let's should charge that. for it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be reviews from like men your age interested in muscle building who've been working out for this long. Or it'll be you know, people who also like these other websites that you go to. And yeah. So you're going to be listening to reviews from people who are more like you that I, I think it's going to keep getting more and more fine-tuned to that point. But ultimately... For 100%, I know me, if I see a product or whatever and I see reviews from people I know, 
That I'm going to trust way more than these random ones. Right, but yeah. I don't. what I don't predict and or what I don't think is going to happen is what you just said is that Facebook will integrate with Amazon. That's that, that's giving up your power yeah, no, as it's... Facebook. If anything, Facebook will try to create a competitive type of a platform sure. with Amazon because they do know that, that you're right, that, hey, friends trust other friends' recommendations more so than they trust Amazon's five-star rating review. This is so, why Facebook, yeah. for me, is such a, uh, a, like, this is a big buy. Like, when I talk to people about investments, and I am, by the way, no investment expert at all, so just Well, it's take definitely a long play, I, a hundred, You have over, a, I don't know how many, a billion people are on Facebook now, two billion. It is, as, as a company, it has the most detailed information yeah, on its personal. customers and people by far. Now, all these tech companies have all this information on you because they know how to track you and see what your purchasing habits are and what your searches are. Facebook has that, plus it has all the voluntary shit, yeah. plus it has all the uh, has articles. political and has emotional, like it has like pictures, way too much information. Pictures, about everything. That is so much power. I don't even think that it, people need to, can comprehend what that can potentially mean for the future. So like in terms of investment, Facebook's a company I'm constantly oh, yeah. investing in because I'm like, with all that well, they're, information- They're going to go constantly somewhere. be in conflict with the government. The government's already paying attention to them. They're trying to fuck with them. It's it's like a dance that they're well, going to be doing on, all on, day. On those notes of things that we're uh, you know speculating on what's going to happen company-wise, what do you think is going to happen with Netflix now? Is Netflix going to go under? Why? I think, What's going on? I think so, well, dude. Last night was the big signing, for the official signing of Fox with uh, Disney acquired Fox now. So Disney well, owns Fox, owns Hulu, that, that owns is Marvel. way more interesting. I'm fucking super interested yeah. in that. Justin and I were talking about this while you were on your interview. Man, uh, look out. Look the fuck out, dude. Disney yep. is on there. And, you know, I bought them too. And Netflix has been, yeah, no, I'm in on them too. I, I, that was HubSpot and Disney is what we, we said this year is the two companies that I think I'm interested in watching more than anything else. And I really think that, you know, Netflix has leveraged the farm, dude. They have leveraged hard on, on buying, buying people and content. Mm -hmm. They, they aren't this super profitable business that you would think they are. You know what I love about this? It just goes to show you when you start to see these companies blow up and you're like, oh, they're going to dominate the market. Competition. Competition. Competition comes in. It always fucking comes in uh, with all these companies. Here's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be these are just networks like CBS, NBC, whatever, and they're just going to compete. And you're going to be like, hey, I watched this new show. Where'd you see it on? Hulu. Oh, awesome. Where'd you see it on? Prime. Okay. Yeah. I saw it on Disney. That's all. Yeah, you say that, but Disney motherfucker bought bought like all the networks, dude. They yeah. just they just swooped up Fox and Hulu, dude. Well, it's, it's, I heard somebody too like bring up a really interesting point about YouTube and that YouTube is getting so many views and the content is not necessary they might have some paid for content but not much mm -hmm. it's all freely given and it's almost like it's it's almost like an outsourcing thing like, like or or what do they call it open source well where the, what you're, they're, they're, we're providing the content we're for providing them. the content everybody's paying attention mm -hmm. to it you know talk about profitability like your your margins there versus like somebody like netflix that has to pay for you know the, the production they it's, have to pay for like well, this director uh, they have to pay for you know like so many things that like they're constantly going to have to you're gonna pay to come to, to play you're going to see a lot of uh new up-and-coming uh content producers you're going to start to see the caliber it's already exploding on youtube but you're going to see a lot of these independently funded and filmed uh you know videos and films 
uploaded to YouTube. Like, yeah. here's where I'm going to get my start. And then when they get good, Guarantee they'll go to Netflix. It. Well, or, speaking of YouTube, because that's Google, right? Google, did you see what Google just did with gaming? They're, they yeah. just put their hat in the ring for... Uh, to come after Xbox and PlayStation. And Are they doing like a console? No, yeah. it's it's console free. That's what's even, and it's streaming in 4K. Oh shit! And it's multiplayer worldwide. I mean, oh, you have like God. controllers and everything they offer, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it can be controller or controller or free. Controller free. It can be streamed to your phone. It can be streamed to your computer. Any system. They oh, promise it's going to go up to 8K. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. What the like, fuck what is that? <laughs> Are we going to see into the future? Are you yeah. going to see Adams? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious, though, to see how Google... This is, And this is not like the first time this has been attempted. And and by the way, I know I'm saying that Google's doing this. Microsoft has plans also yeah. by the end of this year to to release its, you know, competitive, uh, you know, it's I forget what it's called. Uh, and I, I don't even remember the name. And Jack, Jackie will... Uh, link this article for the actual so not game. Xbox another uh, gaming it is streaming so this streaming, so the the future service. of gaming is the the, yeah. the one knock on video game consoles right now is it's like a massive computer right? it's a console yeah, yeah it's a big console that you have to have and so wherever you go where the future yeah. is to be able to game like that with your friends worldwide anywhere at that that grade of uh, you know speed and uh, clarity on right. your phone or TV without. This and so what they're talking about what you're going to be able to do. Imagine the advertising on this too. So they they say that you'll be able to imagine your kid okay playing on the stream service up pops this new game that advertises to them. They will be able to in, right away link and play it. Well, right away, click with, it, go. Without oh, going through the downloading. Yes, it takes without downloading anything instantly streamed right away, and yeah. then you'll see a bump sell. They've already figured that for out. you know crazy. fifty dollars. You know, buy the whole game now. Like, but so it's all a bit like cloud based gaming yes. in a sense. What yes. a time to be alive! I mean, it's insane. This is so crazy. The advancements are just moving so it's quick, so fast. Actually, it rem- so this morning I was on an interview, and one of the questions that I was asked was, "What do you think is on the like the new frontier?" of fitness, health, and wellness. Like, what are the things that you think health and wellness are going to have to focus on? And hands down, 100%, it's digital wellness. It's going to be on how to manage all this tech, how to develop practices around all this tech, because I see that being the biggest health challenge now, uh, or the new big health challenge that we're all going to be facing. Because think about how it's just like anything else. We're, we're so inundated with this incredible advancements in technology, and we have no practices around them. Yeah. Nothing. No, no, we don't even know the, 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 how much of a detriment certain practices can and can't be. So we just kind of like open the floodgates, use it, go for well, it, have a good time. And the scary part is that the speed at which it's compounding. Like, so when you think of like, you know, exercise, if we were to go back, you know, 5,000, 2,000, 1,000 years. Go back just 1,000 years and and if they were able to see what we're doing for exercise, they would laugh at us. Yeah, because you that didn't we have go to, to have a practice. Right, you didn't have to. And and really, that the, the what it took for you know gym and exercise to happen evolve i mean that was decades it was a lot of it was a lot of side effects yeah slowly though right it wasn't like all of a sudden we were this healthy nation that did exercise and were did these laborious jobs and then the next day we were literally sitting on our asses all day long and we were all obese and fat this has been something it's been something we've been watching escalate you know decade over decade over decade and it's taken time 
for us to become so sedentary and so overweight. And this is what, fast. This is that's what's scary about Way this. Way fast. We went from just ten years ago, nobody really carrying a phone in their pocket, or maybe a little bit longer than that now, right? So it, about fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years ago, nobody even really had a phone in their pocket. To not only do you every every single person, including bums today, have a phone yeah. in their pocket, but now you're fucking glued to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're glued to it for multiple hours a day. It's sucking you. So. Wow. And just in, in a decade's time, we've That's seen that. That's why I think this message, I, 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 we need to spearhead this. We need to hammer this home because this is now- I want to start a monthly I want to start a monthly thing from Mind Pump where we shut down tech for a day. Let's do it. Once a month. Let's do it. Once a month, we start off that. We, we announce a day. We let our audience know that, hey, we're going dark for one day. One day, can you discipline yourself as a person- to not be on your fucking phone and your computer and your TV all day long and you know and encourage people to just do anything but that go be a, social go read a book go take a walk go spend time it's a with digital family digital fast just like fasting from food it'll give you better perspective it's really all it's going to do because technology is not mm. bad technology no. is not good or bad it's like any other tool you know any tool if well, i take a hammer a tool can do great things or bad things depends how it's wielded it's about you know analyzing your own behavior with it right like for the most part with fast for me you know specifically it was in light it was enlightening in terms of like how i you know scheduled food how i felt like i was hungry but i wasn't really hungry like it it revealed a lot of interesting information to me about my own behaviors like mm-hmm. you know with food and how I constructed my day around Look, it. at the bottom line is today, if you want to be healthy with your nutrition, you have to have practices. You have to. Because if you just go out and just eat and do whatever, you're going to end up in trouble because food is everywhere. It's really, really good. There's all kinds of amazing flavors. You don't have to worry about you know, not having food. or you, you don't have to worry about any of that. You just eat as much as you want. So you have to have practices. You have to develop a particular relationship with food. You have to understand it. You know, 5,000 years ago, you ate what you killed, and it was all fucking healthy because that's how we evolved. With food today, you have to have practices. With activity today, you have to have practices. I'm saying this right now. With with your, with your technology, if you want to be healthy, you have to have practices around your use. I find myself, and it fucking blows me away. I find myself, sometimes I'll get on my phone, and I'm going back and forth between platforms. I just checked in yeah. Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. going back to Instagram. Now I'm going to Facebook. Yeah. Now I'm checking my email. What's on my text? Email. Go over here. Go there. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. And before I know it, an hour and a half is gone, and it was mindless. It wasn't even intentional leisure. You know what I'm saying? It Not was only little, that, but look what the thing that I've noticed, because I've been trying to put some of these practices in place already for myself, and I've been playing with it, allowing myself, not allowing myself, paying attention to. And the biggest thing that I see... Uh, that suffers more than anything because like i guess who cares if you're all by yourself somewhere and you've got an hour to two hours to burn who am i to say you you shouldn't do it on instagram or whatever but where i'm noticing it starting to bleed into my conversations my relationships with other people and primarily with my partner you know i i I see how distracted i am when i allow my phone to even be close to me Mm -hmm. katrina's in the kitchen she's cooking we're kind of talking about her day and my phone's right there you guys are texting instagram notifications are popping up and i'm doing it while she's also telling me about day and i can i can see how distracted i am and many times she catches me and she's just like did you even hear what i just said and i'm like fuck bro how tear and then i what i realize is and that and that transfers into the whole rest of the night then, then come bedtime, like 
the intimacy and the catch connection just isn't there because I've been distracted all day and I haven't been focused on my partner. I put the thing away as soon as I come home and then I've, I allow and it takes a while. I notice this. Like yep. it, it's not like I set my phone down then all of a sudden I'm this ultra present person. I'm into our, our conversation and then the romance all starts. No, it's like it, it takes a little bit of detoxification from it to get my mind completely separated from it and actually forget about it. Well, dude, here's what happens, okay? So when you're getting these constant dopamine hits, uh, your brain starts to adapt to these dopamine hits by reacting less to these dopamine hits. So this happens with all dopamine uh, releasers, whether it's a drug or novelty. You go have sex with a bunch of random people, dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. You keep doing it, keep doing it. That dopamine becomes less and less as your body adapts. Here's the problem with that. You start to model your brain after that, and then guess what happens when you don't have dopamine around you? Boredom and being bored becomes much fucking worse. It becomes more painful to be bored than it used to be. And I noticed this. I used to be able to stand in line at the grocery store and you know look around and think a little bit. If I stand in line now and I don't have a phone, it's painful. Mm. It changes how you perceive being quiet. Yeah. Now, here's a thing that's happening right now. There's an explosion of anxiety, an explosion of depression, especially among the youth. And you can see that the, the charts will show you cell phone usage, you know, smartphone usage, and depression and anxiety uh, among well, children going through the roof. I think a big part of that is these we're busy with nonsense all the time, not having that quiet time, not being distracted. And so you're in this hyper state of dopamine all the time. That is a recipe for anxiety. Yeah. So now I'm not saying that these things are bad. I do think that leisure, I think going on your phone, checking Instagram, Facebook, reading, nothing wrong with that, but make it intentional. Or, okay, I'm intentionally going to have some lazy leisure time right now for the next 30 minutes. Just like you know, eating bad food or, or, or not being active. It's the same thing. I you wonder, just need to have practices. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, because I noticed that too. Like it, it sucks. It sucks. It's really tough to kind of just stand there and stare at something. Like how much of that time, like the that quiet time though, you, you know, us like putting all this busy shit in, in between that has stifled creativity, has stifled innovation, like all these like ideas that you you need time to to formulate, to, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, put it all together. And your mind does that all subconsciously. Like you're not like really all the time in control of that you need to open up that process. And it's like we're fucking just inundated with all this like nonsense. Just like mm -hmm. look at this, look at this light, look at this thing, look at that thing here's an easy here's an easy one practice this try this when you go to the bathroom don't take your phone with you and, and i know right now people are listening like oh fuck that i don't want to go now now hear what you're thinking you're really freaked out about taking a 10 minute shit without your phone because that's going to suck so bad it's 10 minutes yeah it's 10 minutes and it sucks so bad with i know i know people who will stop half shit Wipe their ass, go out, get their phone, go back in and finish. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's laughing, but I guarantee you a lot of you guys have done that. I, I, haven't, do, I haven't done something that bad. I, don't know about I, that, have, I have walked upstairs yeah. to go take a shit, though, realized I didn't have my phone, went all the way back downstairs to get my I phone. I pinched go back it up. and went and got it and then came back. You, got a, yeah. you yeah. got a serious problem. Yeah. If you got shoved him back in. you got to break mid-shit to go get your yeah. phone. <laughs> so my, my point is, take your phone. How do you know you're an addict? Yeah. Yeah. Don't take your phone in the Turtle, bathroom. get back in there. And if that freaks you out, you know that this is a practice you probably need to do. Well, it's easier. I told. I don't know if I share this on the podcast. Uh, you know, after we had the um, what is it, Tommy Sobel, was that was his name? Yeah. yeah. That came on with the the brick, whatever. 
episode. Uh, what I love about having Enzo, uh, he's such a self-aware kid, and he's so intelligent, and he's and he's only seventeen, and so to have somebody on the staff that is that young that, that also listens to all the Mind Pump episodes gives us a really good pulse on that generation coming up. And he said, "Man, Adam, after I listened to that episode, he goes, I felt really compelled to start to discipline myself to put my phone away." He goes, "He goes, when I hit about fifteen minutes, I can't take it anymore." I go, 15, what do you mean? 15, you mean you can't go 15 minutes all day without looking at you? He goes, yeah. He goes, I start to get anxiety yep. when I don't have my phone for 15 minutes. Fuck, bro. And this is a self-aware kid, right? This is a kid who is is open to learning, open to growing, open to being a better person. That's very mature at 17 mm-hmm. years old. Not a lot of kids well, are like that. grow it. up with it, I mean, what what do you know otherwise? Right. Like it's, 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 it's part of you. It's, know, it's yeah. part of you. We're kind of the last generation that really knows what it's like to be bored. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, want, I want to be careful. I want to be careful and, and not try to promote the idea that it's all bad. There is, it's not bad. It's a part of our lives. It's a powerful tool. No, it's the same it way isn't talk, going away. Same thing we talk about food. Yeah. I feel like I think that's such a great analogy. Like we're not, I, you know, there, there, there's ways to for you to accept that there are very bad uh, habits within it, and there's things to say that there's a okay, it's okay to indulge and do things at certain points. It's right? all about developing practices, and so I, I hope we can start to come up with some solid ones, promote them to people, and practice them ourselves. Just like we've designed workout programs and, and, and come up with ways of, and strategies to get yourself to eat you know, better in an easier way, I think there needs to be some tech practices, and I think the effects will be wide-reaching and long-lasting. I've already done a few myself. I've done very stupid, simple ones. I don't take the phone in the bathroom with me anymore, and I leave it plugged in uh, in one spot of my house, and I don't look at my phone for the first uh, 40 minutes to an hour when I wake up. Those three Dude, small things, I'll add huge one difference. More. The, the whole do not disturb as I'm driving, game changing so yeah. far. Yep. Love it. Yeah. It's it's crazy, right? Small yeah, things like that. It's so stupid. Like that was built in there, but nobody's been advertising it. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. You yeah. Know? So, you know, I, I want to make a quick announcement. Uh, we're switching platforms for our website and where you get your programs and stuff. Yeah. So there may be some possible disruptions, unlikely, but if there are, Please, uh, yeah, we're not a, we're not officially live, but we will be going officially live uh, this week, which is exciting as hell because it's a complete Ooh, uh, refacing, uh, complete refacing. The, I'm, I, the, I've seen lots of the website already. It's fucking awesome. We've separated the podcast from the program and the fitness pro- products. Like, so I think it's going to be easier to navigate. I think it'll be easier to uh, to connect with us. I think it's going to be the UI is amazing. It looks amazing. I'm so pumped about it. Uh, it was a huge, huge project for us that we've been working on over the last six months. Uh, it should, it will go live uh, by the end of this month or earlier. And just, uh, we really appreciate any. There's very good chances that someone will find uh, a misspelled word somewhere or find uh, a broken link somewhere. So we appreciate if anybody does run into that to to email us at info at mindpumpmedia.com and just let us know what you guys see so we can mm-hmm. fix it as soon as possible. But you know, we've been we've been running it and practicing with it for the last month or two to make sure that it's good to go. Uh, and we should be we should be up and live really soon here. Another announcement that's really exciting is our uh, Ty- Taylor has put this together. Uh, it's the first time we're doing something like this. Ooh, I'm excited um, about this. We're doing this in our in our hometown. It's in San Jose. It's on 4:20. Okay, so it's April Uh-oh. April April twentieth. It's a Saturday. It's going to be from 12 to 4 p.m. It's called Mind Pump and Mimosas. We're going to do 
a live Q&A where be, it's at this place uh, called SP2. It's in San Pedro Square in downtown San Jose. And beautiful place, outdoor. Hopefully we'll have. Uh, hopefully the weather will be great for us. Uh, the, and like I said, they'll be serving mimosas. There'll be other drinks and stuff if you want to order those. Um, it, it, this will be the first event that we're we're charging. Obviously, it's not free for us to do all this stuff, so we're not trying to make money on it. Uh, it's only twenty dollars uh, to reserve your spot. We will cap it at a hundred people. Once we get to a hundred people, uh, that'll pretty much fill up the space completely. Uh, and the the web the website is live to go there and book your reservations if you want to come. It's at mindpumplive.com. So if you go to mindpumplive.com, you can reserve your spot. It's April twentieth on Saturday from twelve to four p.m. It'll be a live Q and A with us. Get to interact, hey, hang out, drink, have some mimosas, and have a good time with us. If this is something that goes over really well, people really enjoy it. This is kind of falling into that promise that we're trying to make to get out in the community more. This will be something that we potentially do every single month with people. If we have a great showing and it grow, goes uh, accordingly and people like it, uh, we hope to do it on a, on a regular basis. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Today's Quaw is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. Eagle has landed. First question is from Kyla Elise. You guys talk a lot about the dangers of overtraining. If I work a sedentary job and do a program like MAPS Split with MAPS Hit sprinkled in, is that really overtraining if I sit eight hours a day and generally do not get more than 7,000 steps? Now, that, this is funny that this is how people would correlate. I know. This is how they interpret the whole. Yeah. That's interesting to me. What a great. I'm glad you picked this question because I, I would. That's not how this, what this means. Like, no. It, you could be completely sedentary and never move all day and then very much so overtrain. Overtraining is, is what you're doing within that hour. Over applied intensity. And in fact, easy. in fact, somebody who is the more sedentary you are, the more subject you are to overdoing it. Of course. Yeah. The, the, the people that can handle the most volume and load uh, and intensity are the ones whose bodies are trained and adapted right. to lots of volume and load. Um, so here's the thing. Overtraining is extremely individual it's all based on the person and it it's all based on your ability to recover from the insult it's based off of how much other stress is in your life and it's also also based on how your body responds to that stress so i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about let's say uh, justin and i are driving home from work and we almost get in a car we accident. Carpool. We all, yeah, yeah. Let's say we almost get in a car accident. Like we, oh shit, we're almost hit someone. Your car driving. spins. We're on the side <laughs> of the freeway. Yeah. We almost die. We get back in. You know, we, we we get out of the car, a little freaked out. Get back in the car, drive home. When we get home, I can't stop thinking about it. It scared the shit out of me. I saw my life flash before my eyes. Oh my god, I almost lost my kids. Justin, on the other hand, is like, well, that was okay. let's do it again. Yeah, we survived. <laughs> Big deal. And he's on with it. Yeah. That same insult is going to affect us differently. So it's also how you you react and respond to the stresses in your life as well. All of these play a role in your ability to handle the workout. So why is this important to understand? Well, it means that a workout that I can normally handle today may not be the same workout I can handle tomorrow. 
because maybe tonight I have some stressful event or maybe my nutrition is off, for example. Maybe my diet is terrible. That's another big one. Like I notice when my diet is on point, when I'm getting adequate protein, when my foods are whole and natural for the most part, when I'm eating in a slight surplus, the workload I can handle is way higher than when I'm on a cut or my diet is bad or my sleep is off or I'm all stressed out. Mm -hmm. So we talk about the dangers of overtraining because we're communicating oftentimes to these you know, fitness fanatics. Um, and there's probably less of these people than there are the people who don't move enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why this is a challenging message. Right, yeah. It's a challenging message because it really does depend on who I'm communicating, right? Like it, if you're somebody who is addicted to the gym and you don't eat enough calories and you train like crazy, like my message to you is completely different than the person who eats like shit, never moves. But still though, okay. The person who doesn't eat very well or do, like this person who does only take 7,000 steps or less a day, you are you are more likely to overtrain by doing something like this than the person who has a very physical job, moves 15 to 20,000 steps a day, already consistently trains five to six days a week and has done that for five years of their life. Them training map split and sprinkled in hit is is less likely to be overtraining than the person who doesn't do a lot of exercise, doesn't move a lot, and is trying to throw too much at it. I don't understand why there's still people in the audience that hasn't figured this piece out. And I've, I've said it mm-hmm. enough times, you should have it fucking tattooed on you. Okay, <laughs> Our goal is to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. I like how you enunciated that too. Right, so, so, <laughs> so if you are trying to get to a point, which there's nothing wrong if you have built up to being able to handle maps split mm. and maps hit, which is a ton of volume, and I would never recommend that somebody starts here at all. I think that's a total mistake, but there's nothing wrong with working up to that. So it, what that would look like, maps anabolic, maps performance, maps aesthetic, maps split, well, then maps split with a little bit of hit sprinkled in. You know what that takes to get there? That's about a year and a half of training. Yeah. If you follow each program to a T like that, then it should take you a year and a half to build up to that volume. And what's beautiful, if you've done it in in the that that chronological order, like we designed the programs that way, when you get to map split and hip, you should be at your ultimate goal of what your physique and you want to look like or be like. To me, this highlights the uh, misconception uh, that. Um, basically like any, any type of like magazine workout or any kind of like chalkboard workout or any kind of carbon copy type workout. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to look at this as like a math equation, right? I'm not moving this many steps. So therefore I need to make up for that. And I'm going to get it all in, in this like really condensed amount of time. Um, and this is something I, I do think a lot of people have this idea and they don't realize that. Uh, all those factors that you're trying to mention that like in, in terms of like your body being able to adapt, there's a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And when you exceed that sweet spot, now all we're doing is we're eliminating the ability for your body to really adjust and, and create this new standard, you know, throughout your body. We're just now telling your body like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And now I got to freak out and, 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 and weather the storm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're such a good point. It's after you pass the sweet spot of the right amount of working out and intensity 
and you go past it, all you're doing now is compromising your ability to adapt and recover. That's all you're doing. At that point, you're not getting any more results. Does that make sense? So let's say my potential for getting my muscles to build and burn body fat and adapt is a 10. Once I've hit the 10 with the perfect workout, which is different from person to person and is entirely context-driven, once I've hit that 10, if I throw more at my body, I don't go up any higher. It can't. It doesn't go up any higher. All I've done now is slow down the process more and more and more. So that's why it's very important to train smart. Training harder is not training smarter. Only training smarter is training smarter. I would never want to be doing split with hit combined unless I am at where I want to be. I would want to be my built my ultimate physique, and now I just love to train. I love being in the gym so much that I'm sprinkling some hit training in there. I love doing mm-hmm. split. I'm basically training six to seven days a week in the gym. I have my ultimate physique. I'm not trying to make any tra- change. At this point, I'm just loving what I'm doing. You most certainly would not want to be doing split and hit together on your journey of health or on your journey to getting really fit or on your journey to build muscle or to burn a bunch of body fat. Like that is a ton of, of volume and a ton of training to be thinking that your body is not going to adapt to all that within a few four to six weeks. And then your body's going to slow down its progress and then eventually plateau hard. And then where the hell are you going to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such an individual thing. Like I, I know I've known people who have an incredible ability to handle work and totally. workload yeah. where they could just throw anything at their bodies and they seem to recover. And then I've known other people who, I mean, I had to be very careful. I had to be very, very careful with how I trained them because we would overdo it very easily. And when we would overdo it, <coughs> they would stop progressing. So that's the thing you want to keep in mind. I don't even like telling people that they'll be okay and they can handle it because a lot of people mistake the fact that their body can handle them. Yeah, they think surviving is the same right. thing. Right, and they think just because they're like, oh, well, okay. I mean, I do this you know, Orange Theory class or CrossFit class five, six, seven days a week, and I can handle it. I feel fine. My energy's good. I feel great after my class, but you're not seeing any progress anymore. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. reason why you're not seeing any progress, you've adapted to all that. You don't want that. You want to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. So if you're just getting started with a MAPS program and your choice was to go by split and hit first, I don't advise that at all. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you should start with anabolic. And then from anabolic, you build into performance. If you're a beginner, beginner, start with MAP starter. Right, right. That's why we created that. Yeah. If you're somebody who's really sedentary, that's what I'm saying. If you're somebody who's really sedentary, you're more likely to overdo it at the beginning than somebody who's super active and been training for a long time because that person should start to regress as low as you can in our programs, which would, like Sal just said, map starter. Like You should start there because it is as Mm. low a volume, as low as intensity that we have created a program. It's really designed for somebody who is just thinking about getting started and working out. It doesn't require a a lot of equipment or or barbells and so that. It's very basic to get your body moving in the right direction, and then you build on that by mm-hmm. progressing through the program. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but split plus hit equals shit. <laughs> think, think about it. Thanks, thanks Justin. Yeah. Sorry. That's, a, that's a lot, dude. Split plus lot. hit? Yeah. That is a lot of volume and intensity, and yeah, highly unlikely that that's going to be an ideal combination for you unless you're super advanced. Right, if you're at that level, yeah. like I that's I mean shit. It's, I mean it's possible. So, but you're going to be like an elite uh 1%er. And right. and you would already be at a place I think where you're pretty content with 
your like phys- you just you just want to just go for it. Yeah, right. I think it's for those fitness fanatics who fucking love working out. Yeah, yeah. then you can do it. I yeah. can see that. Next question is from Yessie G O. In the beginning of your careers, how did you handle clients that were very deconditioned or had mobility issues, such as a recent knee surgery, hip issues, etc.? How did you reassure them, and what steps did you take to gather the information you needed to start their programming? So in the beginning of my career, I had very, very little knowledge and understanding of correctional exercise. I just didn't know. But I did have enough knowledge to know that I needed to start some people off slow. And so what I used to do when I first started, before I understood correctional exercise, was we would just do the exercises that we were supposed to do with low weight and we would just go real slow and focus on the form, which is actually not a bad way to help someone get to a point where they can do exercises. It is not a bad way to do correctional exercise. It's not the ideal way, but it is a way. And so that's what I used to do. Now, later on, I learned about correctional exercise and I was able to be more specific and focused uh, with how I would help people. Now, here's the other thing I want to communicate here, because part of this question was how would you you know, how would you reassure them? And I understand what they're talking about. As a personal trainer, someone's coming to you and saying, I want to lose 20 or 30 pounds. You do an assessment and you identify bad hip issues, you know, you know, poor recruitment patterns. You need to now tell them, sorry, Mrs. Johnson, we're not going to do workouts that are going to make you lose 30 pounds. We need to do correctional exercise for about four weeks because you can't move right. And we can't do all those other workouts that you think you need to do. That requires amazing, excellent communication skills, which is why I've said time and time again, the most important skill you have as a personal trainer is your ability to communicate what you know, because you have to sell it to that person. Because what happens with a lot of trainers is that they, they, they fall prey to what the client thinks they want. Mm-hmm. They know that they, they know what's good for the client because they're trainers, but they know the client wants a hard, sweaty, crazy workout. And because they're afraid of losing that client and they don't know how to communicate it right, they just give the client what they want. And in, in essence, doing what they shouldn't be doing just to keep try to keep the client and make them happy. So at this point, it's important to understand how to communicate to these people. Talk about the process, what's happening with their body. Show them how they feel. Do it with a confident assertiveness so that the person wants to follow you and follow your, your lead. And then once they see how their body responds and how they feel, uh, you'll probably never have to ask them to trust you again after that first time. But it will require some really good communication skills. And that's that's everything. I think uh, so. I I went through, and I don't remember what year I went through CES, but that was one of the best certifications that I got through NASM, their corrective exercise specialist. Uh, I learned a ton that I was able to apply to a lot of my clients. And when I got somebody, I, knee surgery is very very common. Um, I learned to communicate this this way. I would explain to them that after their surgeries, that listen. What we do right now over the next six months to a year may be some of the most important things that you do for the rest of your life in regards to your overall health and fitness journey. And then I would explain to them why. And what I mean by that is that it's very common that when someone gets an uh, an injury, that they go right back to everything else that they've been kind of normally doing. And what they don't realize is that when they've gone through a major injury like that, the body doesn't know any better. It just then prioritizes neurons and muscles to fire and activate on an opposite side to compensate for the one that's now been injured, right? So if the knee goes down and you're not using it for X amount of time, 
the body then prioritizes its focus on other parts of the body to start to compensate for that injury. And what ends up happening is you get uh, you get underdeveloped muscles around in the area of the injury. You get overdeveloped muscles on the area that is now supporting that or compensating for that. Now, if we get you back and you've just finished this surgery and we don't address this, that is just going to continue to get exaggerated as we go through all your basic movements. So if we just get into squatting and doing all your exercises that we're doing for or get into running and exercise and moving, you have now established these new patterns to compensate for the injury that we now have to go back and correct. If we do not do that, you can still get by. You can still exercise, go about your day, but it's now going to start to exaggerate the imbalance. And so it's very important that we address that now. And how do we do that? We're going to do that by strengthening all the muscles that support the area that was injured. And then we're going to make sure that we start to make sure we do a lot of like unilateral work so that we can start to even that out. Because if we do a bunch of bilateral or we're doing both feet at the same time, the stronger side is going to take over a lot of the movements and we don't want that. So that's why we're going to do a lot of this one-legged stuff. I'm going to constantly be doing you in a split stance where I put the the weight on the knee, the, the bad knee, so you're having to stabilize that area. This is where those types of those things that we kind of tease that's what they're for. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're. This is what they're really for. When you see a trainer doing a one-legged balance, or this is where I utilize a tool like this. Is I know that this person has been on the other foot and and using it so much that now I want them to bring back that all that attention to that that bad side. So if I have a, a left knee that I my client just had surgery on, almost every isolation exercise that I do for arms, shoulders, shit like that, I'm gonna have them in a split stance with that front bad knee forward and all the weight on it to where they're kind of having to stabilize and balance on that because I don't care about that back leg. That back leg has got so much attention for the last six months. I want to put the attention back on the side that's been neglected. So I think if you can explain that, like Sal said, really well to the client so they understand that this is where our energy and focus should be to make sure that we don't set you up for something that's going to cause you aches and pains Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And the irony of it is when you do this right, you'll build way more value Mm -hmm. with the client than if you didn't do this. So the stuff that you're afraid of communicating, if you do it right, get some buy-in. That's very important. You You want them to understand and agree, and you do it, you will be so much more valuable. It was my correctional exercise stuff that got me all my value with my clients. The weight loss and muscle building stuff is easy. I'm going to be honest. If if you were to focus on anything as a new trainer, you should dive head into correctional exercise. Totally. This is why we created Prime yeah. Pro. And, and, yeah. I know you. someone's rolling their eyes because I, I tend to shamelessly plug the, the, the fucking programs whenever these – but this is why. Because we know this is a – this. if you're a trainer – 100% you have to have this program because yeah. you have the resources now to just go to that and look at the joint or the area where the injury is most likely because someone's going to have an injury either in near the ankle, near the do- near the knee, near the hip, near the shoulder. Guess what we did in Prime Pro? We went through it and we addressed every major joint. Those are the type of movements that you should be teaching those well, people. Well, you're not going to gonna value it till you really educate yourself uh, in that direction. And, you know, in terms of like how we we sort of addressed this in the very beginning as trainers, like for me, it was always, well, I still want to work with this person in their, you know, limitations. And I'm trying to find the thresholds to where, 
um, you know, the, their abilities lied. And, and, and I don't want to exaggerate their problem. And so I had to like immediately I freaked out and was like, oh, fuck, I got to get, you know, more education. I got to go research, you know, the proper ways to, to, to train somebody that just came off of a knee surgery that, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to, you know, add something to where they're going to go back to their doctor and they're going to be like, what have you been doing? You know? And so it's, it, the pressure is on you and you need to take and own that and, and go do your homework. Next question is from Adam Pullman fit. What do you preach that you don't practice enough yourself? Oh, crap. <laughs> Justin picked this one. <laughs> Damn it. Why did I? I didn't gotta know you were going to string it right after that. Got to call ourselves out. Yeah. Uh, For, uh, you know, we just did a whole, we just talked a lot about digital wellness and practices. That is the hardest one for me. Well, that's brand new, so that's That is easy. hard. That yeah. is so fucking hard. Like, I find myself getting on my phone when I'm with people around me, you know, during conversations. I find it uh, doing it with you guys, and yeah. that one is a – that's a freaking hard one. That's a monster right now, and I would say that's got to be the most difficult one for me at the moment. Um, maybe I'll think of another one. Mine is definitely caffeine intake, oh. and I'm I'm always trying to like say, yeah, I'm totally working on it, you know, like lowering it, and then I ramp it up more, you know. And it's like it, it, you guys are like, it's great because you guys kind of notice all my patterns, and I think that's what's great about us having like the three of us, like brutally honest, <laughs> it, like it it just makes its way back in, and I notice it, but at the same time, I don't do anything about it because. It does serve me. It serves me when I wake up to to have that stimulus. It it serves me to talk better and like it does a lot of things that I associate with it. And so it's really fucking hard for me to ramp that. I know I need to do it. I have to bring it down for me uh, because I'm so high right now and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I would I would actually say um, following our programs to a T. I think that we preach that uh, a lot on the show and tell people how important it is that you follow these programs to a T. But I also think I have a good excuse for why I don't. I think that uh, every one of them I've been through and followed to a T and the philosophy behind all of the programs, I completely understand and comprehend. Therefore, I get to I get to cheat. I get to weave in and out and pick what I want this week and to focus on certain things that I want to because I really understand the philosophy behind it. It's kind of like when your teacher in math like would teach you, you know, long division or like working the problem out. It's like you don't do that every time that you have mm -hmm. to divide something that's pretty basic that you can do in your head. That's kind of how I feel about our programs is they really were designed not that, oh, this is the ultimate program, but they're really designed to teach people to understand the the principles behind good programming. It's a framework. It's a template. Right. So you then could do that. So if I were to, to say there's something that I, I preach a lot on the show that I don't do myself, it's following our programs. I mean, I'm what I'm doing right now with our swimming, with my swimming, and the we don't have a program that I'm following. It's I've got piece, there's pieces of Prime in there. There's pieces of Prime Pro in there. There's pieces of performance I was doing the other day. I was yeah. just doing aesthetic the day before that combined was, I mean, it's, I'm all over the board, but I understand, I understand the philosophy, the principles, mm -hmm. the rules mm -hmm. of good programming. And then I have now molded it into my, my specific goals right now, which is 
what I think is the message that we've always tried to get well, across. The foundation is theirs and it's established. So now, like, I mean, we all kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I definitely can identify with what you're talking about. And, and and I, you know, I would love to just stay regimented and like really structured, you know, with my workouts. That would be great because I know what that would do for me. Right. The, the, the bottom line is I know if that I actually had a very specific goal, like to start shaping my body for stage, you know, following aesthetic and split, I would do. But I'm not, I'm not, that's not a goal right now. You know, my, I don't have these like major, I, I don't want to change. I'm not trying to change my body composition majorly right now. I'm not trying to really impor, improve my overall performance. I want to get good at swimming right now. I want to enjoy that, not only for the, the, the fact of getting better at swimming, but also for the relaxation, the meditative benefits that I get from it. And so a lot of my exercise right now is not geared towards a goal or a performance enhancement that I want to get to. It's really more personal. You know, I, so. I, got a good, I got a good one for myself I, that really just dawned on me. I preach all the time about uh, how supplements play such a minor role in your fitness and health and uh, they're not, it's not a big deal. There's a few supplements <laughs> you, that are out there. You, you for take. sure take the most supplements. And I fucking love them. <laughs> I love them. And I know. It's like candy to you. Dude. I know that, that it's not really, but I have a lot of fun with them. And now that we're mind pump and shit gets sent to us like crazy, <laughs> we get supplements from everyone. Like, ooh, yeah, yeah you're like a little kid, dude. Try this, try this, try this. They're, the odds that we're going to sign with the supplement company are you know, five percent, one percent, maybe you have to blow our mind. So you can send us products. I encourage it. Send us all the samples you want. If it blows our mind, we'll like it. And so I end up trying all these fucking. I have a cupboard full of stuff. Jessica's like, "What are you taking now?" And I'm like, "I don't know." This company sent to me. I'm gonna see if what you know what happens. <laughs> see what happens with that's us. the that's the one thing I think people would be shocked because I'm always like, ah, you know, supplements. You don't need them. Eat whole natural foods. This and that. Yeah. But if people saw all the shit that I would had and took and messed with, that's a good one. They'd be yeah. like, "Oh, this hypocrite." You self experiment <laughs> a lot though. That well, makes, I it think, makes a lot of sense. Well, I also think too, you know, in your defense, that the message why we came out so hard on supplements was because too many people were sold that they are that important. And, sure. and when you take them, you're not thinking like, man, I got to take this because I want to burn some fat. Oh, I want to take this because I'm trying to build a bunch of muscle. It's like you're you're I get what how you use them. And I know for sure that you wouldn't go out and spend a bunch of money on it, especially how cheap you are. Oh, it's the Ben, no it's way the ben you, Greenfield side of me. It's the fucking let's. Oh, shit. This is the new nootropic from whatever. I'm going to combine it with this and let's see what happens here. And I right. take it. And it's like new formula. Oh, shit. It gave me diarrhea. Cool. Let's not do that anymore. And now <laughs> let's combine let's this. journal one. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I couldn't sleep. Okay. Yeah. Let's not do that one. You know, anyway. but I think we, I think, you know, Again, defending you, I think that the message is was really to to save all the people's money that were yeah, out there sure. spending hundreds of dollars every month in hopes that that was going to make a big difference. Yeah, and it's not like I don't work out and don't eat right. Like, right. Those are paramount. Right. And I'm not taking supplements to make up for that kind of bullshit. But 100%, I think, <laughs> again, if I had people over my house and they saw what I took in the morning and whatever I take during the day. I walk around with a bag full of supplements. Well, I for sure, I for sure have taken more supplements in the last three years than I have in my previous fucking 12. Part of that's because of me. I end up giving you guys shit. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, try this. Yeah, yeah I feeling. give him like a handful of shit. He's like, what is this? I don't know. Take it. That was a, interesting. That was yeah. a good one. I, that was a good one. Next question is from healthfully happy. Are you going to encourage your children to go to college? Do you think that there will be enough value to it by the time that they would be considering it? Oh, good Inter question. Interesting question. And I know our kids are going to listen to this episode <sighs> one know, day. right? I mean, I'll tell them uh, what I, I've had this conversation with my son. So my son's about to go to high school and we've had this conversation. He actually talked to me. He said, do you think 
college? Because he's heard me talk before. He goes, should I even go to college? And I said, it all depends on what you want to do. You ha- Just like anything else, you have to look at the cost and the, and the benefit, the value. So if you want to be a, a, a YouTube entrepreneur, is spending $100,000 going to a prestigious college, is it going to be worth it? No, definitely not. You're going to learn more by learning on your own online and by being maybe mentored by people who do it, way more valuable than going to university. Do you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or maybe- Any kind of clinician. Yeah, maybe an engineer of some sort. Then yes, it, it definitely can uh, be a value. I think you got to look at what you want to do. It's necessary. Well, in some of those, in some of those, you have to, yeah. right? I mean, engineer may, maybe not necessary, um, but if let's say you're going to work in, in tech management or something like that, and it depends on the school too. Like, are you going to MIT? That might make a difference if you're going to try and be a manage in management at Google. Um, it might not either, because if you compare that with someone who say developed their own you know, program and has now worked on their own and showed all this stuff and has that, that kind of, uh, that, that go get them attitude on their own. It might not. It all depends on what you're going to do. Look at, look at what you're going to get the degree for, how much you're going to earn making that and just do the fucking math. Now the, hard, now the hard part about what, what you're saying right now is that how many 18 year old, 17 year olds that are talking about to turn 18 really know what the fuck they're going to do. You know, I, at that, at that age, I think I thought I was going to don't be- go into debt. That's my, my advice to those kids is, you yeah. don't know what you want to do. That's fine. You could still go to college to figure it out, but don't go into debt uh, while you're doing well, it. That's, that's why dumb. There's community huh. college and there there's, you go. there's also state schools. That's like, it. State schools are much cheaper. And I wish I would have stayed at the state school. <laughs> I went to private school, which was like way, way more expensive. But um, I was one of those kids, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I didn't really have like the clearest idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, career-wise, and that was something that I had to go through the process of like, well, I've always been interested in this, but I didn't even consider that as a a potential career. And so uh, breaking away from school was honestly that it felt like the most freeing, liberating thing ever. And it was like the the possibilities were endless at that point. Some pe- some kids might come to that conclusion early. And for them, I, I would say, yeah, definitely don't get into debt. That's not something that uh, if you know specifically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a passion of yours. Like you, there's, there's, you know, a company that you can, you, you know, come in and and you can provide internship or you can get yourself you know an apprenticeship which i feel like is oh, that's, the most undervalued yes. way to, to learn anything like i think uh, i highly suggest people look into that uh if you know and you can specialize right away uh and to be honest like for my kids i i'm just going to evaluate it once we get there you know it's like I don't know what that even looks like. This is like totally speculate, you know, a, a speculation of of what college is going to become, you know, in the future. The rules I have for my kids are: don't be lazy. Okay, hey, Dad, I don't know what I want to do. That's fine. Um, let's go to community college then. Even though whatever, do that. Get a job. Get different jobs so you can kind of see what you want. Let's start experimenting and see what happens. But you don't get the luxury of sitting at home and playing video games and being a lazy ass. You got to go out and, and, and make shit happen. Let's figure it out. Hey, Dad, I know exactly what I want to do. Great. What is it? I want to be a fitness entrepreneur. Okay. You're not going to go to college because there's nothing you're going to learn in college that you can't learn. Interning for Mind Pump. Come work for us. I'll train you myself. You know what I'm saying? Like It all depends on what you want to do. And some careers and some jobs, you'll do better off going to college. It'll be worth the, the cost. 
and some you're just not. They're not going to be worth it. I, I kind of feel like it's a – I answered a question recently um, from somebody who asked if, uh, you know, when the time comes and if, if Maximus is uh, wanting to play tackle football, what would I say or do? Mm. And I think I would handle it the same way that I would handle college. I think that I would um, – I think I would educate my, my son on the, the pros and the cons of it. Um, I would make him aware of where, where he fits in that because what if your kid is, I mean, if you have a kid like Sal, you have a kid like this. I mean, your kid is about to go to one of the most prestigious schools here. He's in robotics. He's a four Oh student. He may get into fucking Harvard mm. and boy, the benefits of going to a school like Harvard is, and you already see the benefits of, of him potentially going to the school he's going to right now. Like, man, that the the benefits of that community and being around that sure. are extremely valuable. Sure, right? but if he goes and he and he fucks off, or he goes to Harvard to get a degree in, you know, liberal arts or you know, uh, ancient art or something like that. Nothing wrong with learning those things, but you can learn those online. You don't need to go spend two hundred thousand dollars going to debt to learn right. those things. But my point, my point is like you know, your son and where he's at education wise, the way he values education, yeah. the way he is, and like let's say what what if my son's more like a three point two student, and and he's just thinking about going to some prestigious college that you know mm -hmm. who and maybe he barely gets by and that that conversation is probably a little bit different sure. than if i'm talking to your son so i, I just again I, I think just like if i was talking to my son who's playing who played pop warner is now in high school and and he's kind of average at football and he's thinking about really continuing it on like i'm gonna let him know i'm fucking i'll, I'll definitely be a dad risk like reward that. yeah like hey son this is kind of where you fall in the mix you of had fun right yeah. and here's the people get a lot bigger stronger faster right and yeah. here's a chance here's the chances of you, of you going professional this is where you fit in that these are your 40 times this is your vertical this like i can break all that shit down because yeah. i'm into that stuff right and say you know hey it's up to you if you want to keep going down this path but this is where this could potentially lead and what's most likely where it's going to lead here's the chances of it going this direction i think i would do the same thing with college like this is where you in the the whole uh you know going through school where you match up where your where your grades are and what where you want to go for life down the road here's the pros of doing this this way here's mm -hmm. the cons of doing this way and and then let him decide on that and i most certainly uh would not be a parent that just because i had the money sends you off to a four-year college just go to have get drunk for you know on every thursday friday saturday and then skate through school just exactly. to get a degree just so you could say you have a degree like most certainly i wouldn't do that no and and you know what I, there's there's study lot and people always bring this to me like oh study you know this study shows that people who have a four-year degree earn this much more in their lifetime than people who just graduate high school terrible study they're terrible because there's a bit of a a, a selection bias going on First of all, everybody that decides to go to college, that group of people who decide to do a four-year degree have a different mentality than a lot of people who decide not to go to college. What we need is a, a, a study that shows the focused people who don't go to college versus the focused people who go to college. Compare those two, and I bet you we'll find that the difference is not going to be that high. If we look at all the people who are like, I'm not going to college, but I know exactly what I want to do. Mm. I'm going to do this business. I want to start that business. I'm a hustler. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to learn from this person. That person's probably going to succeed. At the end of the day, if I were to determine, if I had to make a prediction on future success, and you were to show me the, the schools they went to and all that stuff, but you also showed me their attitude, guess which one's going to, de going to determine yeah, their, character. their success, their character and attitude yeah. by far. Because I didn't go to college. Look, I, we started Mind Pump when I was I, – I did, I did maps when I was 34 years old. That's when I first created maps. Right? I was 34 years old. 
Now that by that point, I could have gone to college. I could have had a PhD and a master's. I would have been $250,000 in debt. Would I have been better off? No, not at all. Not for I want what I wanted to do. Now I didn't go to college, but I definitely didn't leave high school and then just you know work a part time you know minimum wage job and live with my parents. I was fuck. I knew what I wanted to do, and this whole time I've been working and driving towards it. So it's a big, big, big difference. It really depends on the child and the person, and it could very look. I have two kids. It could very well be that one of my kids. I put, I tell them, yeah, college is a good idea for you. I'm going to help pay for that. And the other one would be like, it's not for you. Yeah. I think you should do something else. It very well may, may be exactly that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that, look, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides for free. We've got a lot of them on there, lots of great information, and they're totally free. Again, mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.